following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. I have uh, been a part of uh, Jordan's pastorate just a very little and uh, just love his heart for you guys and, and uh, how he responds to ideas. And also how uh, I'm, I'm, a lot of my coaching is with evangelical free churches, and he's become a leader in this whole district and chairman right away, and I, I appreciate that. And, and now to have John French here, too. John's been a friend for a long time, and... I'm hoping that I um, can be the next one to join staff, maybe as <laughs> youth pastor or something. <laughs> I want to, Psalm 36, we, we actually sang verses right from this beautiful psalm a while ago. His love reaches to the heavens. Uh, this, is, this is the ABCs of life. I wish, kids, I wish I would have understood this better at your age. Uh, I, adults, I wish I would have understood it better at your age. I'm still trying. This is the psalmist with great theology behind him, talking to what I should know about life. And uh, he has some negative and, and some positive, and the negative starts, well, let me start reading. An oracle is within my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no, this first part is very negative. There is no fear of God before his eyes. For in his own eyes, watch this, junior high, but also if you're in your 80s, for in his own eyes he flatters himself too much to detect or hate his sin. Whoa. He starts off with a phrase that, I'm not a scholar, but I read a bunch of scholars. Nobody knows how to translate it. And oracles within my heart. My version says, it could say, there's something that grabs me big time. He could say, I don't get this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about it anyway. It, it, I can't get away from it. That's, that's really what it means. They don't know what exactly. But the first part of this thing that grabs our hearts, you should know this at your age. We are depraved. And depraved doesn't mean you rob banks. It means... You cannot manufacture any standing in front of God on your own. You cannot walk up to God someday and say, did you see what I did? Depraved means we are unable to climb, climb up Sunshine Mountain. No way. And we're unable to really change ourselves. Depraved is a good theology word. It's very negative. Look how he says, there's no fear of God before his eyes. Oh, come on. He put the fear of God into us, they said about a football coach once. Baloney. The fear of God is understanding he's holy and I'm far from that. And so something that really grips me, said the psalmist, we think it's David, something that really grips me is, man, I, I can't believe the things I think sometimes. 
Look what he says. Verse 2, in his own eyes, he flatters himself too much to detect or hate his sin. He's so hung up on, did you see what I did for that nice lady and helped her across the street? Did you see, did you see what I do at church? Verse 3, the words of his mouth are wicked and deceitful. Oh, come on. No, the words of his mouth, if any one of us, starting with me, would put all our thoughts on the screen, we would be embarrassed. The words of his mouth are wicked and deceitful. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. Whoa. Even on his, watch this. Even on his bed, he plots evil. Now, he's talking about the worst of men and people. Yeah, I don't, ever, I don't think I ever went to bed at night thinking, I wonder if I can rob the bank in Sawyer tomorrow. <laughs> One time I thought about the bank at New Buffalo because it's not as... <laughs> no, it's not that. He, evil in God's eyes can be just selfish thoughts. Or why did she say that to me? Why, you know what I'm going to do? So kids and adults, all of us need to know. No fear of God. Come on. Well, that's the way we are from birth. There's not a soul in the room who grew up thinking, I'm going to love Jesus as soon as I can th know more about him. There had to be conversion. He flatters himself too much to detect his own sin. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. He plots evil. Evil can mean robbing a bank or killing someone, but it can also mean getting even. Or saying something to somebody at church because they said something to you, and it goes on and on. I don't know if you agree with the psalmist, but I hope you do. I certainly do about my heart without Christ. For even on his bed he plots evil, he commits himself to a sinful course. Whoa. Kids, the first four-letter word I ever said was mine and you too. And we still say it if we're not careful. In the best of churches, marriages break apart, people fight each other, boards don't get along. It's crazy. And the reason it happens is, well, I'll tell you what grips me, sinfulness of people, what we are like without God. Get the good news, please, Newt. Verse 5, your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. What does that mean? As far as we know, it's 93 billion light years across the universe. The Hubble telescope told us that. You probably studied it in, in junior high. It shows that the universe is approximately, this is approximate, we, we have not, I can't say much more, 93 billion light years across the universe. That means traveling at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second. 
you would make it across the universe in about 93 billion years. Any questions? Now they have a new telescope up there, and they're showing us pictures that are out of sight in terms of colors and brightness and stars and the universe. And what the psalmist is saying is simply, his love is like that. It's that big. We sang it. I hope you thought about it when you sang it. The greatest truth one theologian said he'd ever learned in the Bible when he came from Europe to America. Big press conference. What's the greatest theology truth you've ever learned? And he said, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. The love of God reaches to the stars and beyond, to the heavens. They're what they're going to find in this new telescope. They say they may come to the origin of life. I hope so. And they will see God creating the heavens and the earth. His love reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. And then he says, your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. What are they like? I, you've climbed some hills. Or, there aren't too many mountains right here at Bremen. But the mountains that you've seen in pictures, or if you ever flew over the Rockies and the, and the west of America, we, we got to be a couple days in the Alps in a missions trip to France and Switzerland. It's unbelievable what you see and the strength and what he's straining for us to say. You want to know how holy God is? It's like the mountains. Anybody like to shove that around? You think you're going to win if you try to devastate the mountains or push them? That's what the righteousness of God is like. He is perfectly holy. He doesn't say that to make us feel bad. He says it just to define who he is. His righteousness, holy when I was in seminary down the street here, holy, true, love, righteous, faithful, merciful, the attributes of God. And the first one is holy and true and then love. But his righteousness, his goodness is like the mighty mountains. He's perfectly righteous. Do you think you're pulling one over on God? Do you think you can walk into God and say, here I am? One of the great questions in evangelism years ago, I thought it was a good one. If you, went, if you died and went to heaven and God said, why should I let you in? What would you say? No one's going to go up to God and say, I'm finally here. Lucky you. His righteousness is perfect. It's like the mountains. I don't like to say this because I'm selfish. He never does anything wrong or thinks anything wrong. Jesus personified that in a human body and never thought a wrong thought. Hello. So after, something really grips me, says the psalmist. David knows this. My heart is deceitful. The sinfulness of me. But when I more and more understand God and how kind he is and how good. And then he says, he adds to this, in case you're wondering about Ukraine and all the questions of life, your justice is like the great deep. 
Huh? Well, it's like the ocean. So when I was little, my brother and I, not little, but teenager too, we would have contests who could go to the bottom of Mount Gretna back in Pennsylvania where we grew up. I got down to 11 feet once. My brother made it just a little deeper, but got uh, hit the mud and came right back up. That's 11 feet. Oh, okay. Uh, Lake Michigan, straight across to Chicago, gets up to 40 feet deep. That's pretty deep, yeah. But further up north, it gets to 600 feet deep. Oh, and if you go to the Indian Ocean, it gets to four miles deep. And the Pacific Ocean, at its deepest part, is six miles for miles and miles and miles. Six miles deep of water. His justice is that deep. Meaning nobody gets away with anything. So on the hard questions of life, and they linger in my brain, when does God stop a person like Putin? When, when, why does somebody get away with that in our neighborhood board? What, what in the world is, where is God when these junior hires take his name in vain? Don't worry about it, the psalmist said. I'll tell you something that really grips me. It is that I am sinful, but he is perfectly holy, and he will make everything right. His justice is as deep as the wide, wide as the ocean, deep as the deepest sea. Is God's love, but also his justice. I better come to him in the way he prescribes. His justice is like the deep, the oceans. Do you believe this? He says, uh, just kind of a feeling about, oh, Lord, you preserve both man and man. You take care of everybody. And then in, in verse 7, I'm going to take a little bit of theology his loving actions, but he also says, how priceless is your unfailing love. I've heard some of the best theologians. I read one of them again this week. Heseth, H-E-S-E-D, it looks like in English. Nobody knows quite how to translate it. Unfailing love is pretty common. Loving kindness just love. Hesef appears 246 times in the Old Testament. It's a big deal. When God describes himself in Exodus 34, he says he's going to bring judgment someday. That's what your neighbors like to talk about. Why does, God, why is he, why does he let some things get on? And then, then when you mention that he will punish everything someday, say, why would he do that? You just ask why he doesn't do His Hesef is his loving kindness, meaning... He waits. He wants every one of us to love him and enjoy him and sing songs that bring tears to our eyes like his love is like, is like the mighty mountains. His justice is like the, his love is like the skies and like the solar system. His hesef love is all through the Bible. Some of you are parents there is nothing more spectacular than the immediate love of a mother for a child she bore or adopted, and a father who gets a little slower at such things. But love is 
genuinely, that's what this is, a love of a parrot. Jesus gets scolded by people you know at your junior high or senior high or where you work for being mean. He, there was no one like him to love people. The lepers had a saying among them, he's one of us. Not because he healed all of them, because he touched them and, and loved them and gave them his kindness. Children would run to sit on his lap. There was no one who ever came to the earth was as loving as Jesus Christ. He did what was right all the time, but he also went beyond. Hesef was his middle name, loving kindness. Do you believe that? Is that the Jesus and the God that you understand? No wonder we come to worship. No wonder we give offerings and, and talk about him. When Jesus described himself, the one time on an interview, actually he just did it in his teaching, he said, I am meek and lowly in heart. Come to me and you'll find rest for your souls. Kids of divorce, parents of divorce in your own life, whatever you've done in the past, However we've sinned, come to next to him. Hesef shines through, loving kindness. Like the love of a parent for a child. One little girl I know said, uh, her father was trying to teach her Hesef. She said she loved toast and lots of butter on She said, it's like your bread is buttered on both sides. Michael Card in his book called Hesef said, it's like you expect nothing and deserve nothing, and he gives you everything. His love reaches to the skies. Do you believe that? Is that the God you bow before and worship and obey? Or is he the God that's going to get you if you don't do what's right? The psalmist is trying to get us to believe this. How great. Look what he says. He stops on verse 7 there. How priceless is your unfailing love. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from their river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. I think he's crying when he writes this. I think David, who has been down the wrong kind of trail, David and Bathsheba is a popular story in Hollywood. David has been forgiven and knows the mercy of God. And he says, it's like we drink from this river, but it's not like the Mississippi or even the Lake Michigan. It's pure water. It's, it's the river of delight. And he looks up at the sun or the moon and the stars, but at the start with the sun, in your light, you, you made that with the flick of your wrist. You said, let there be light, and there was light. If he says it, it is so. And that light is like the light he puts in our hearts, just enough to make us know we're totally forgiven. 
You know where they showed the most of all? Yes, you do. At the cross. At the cross. Where I first saw the light. Where the glory of the Jesus Christ that we worship came and was accused of ridiculous things, but mostly died because my sins were on him. Hello, yours too. And in that great act of mercy, loving kindness beyond all accounts or description, the Son of God, whose love is like the skies, whose justice is like the mountains, whose, whose, whose justice is as deep as the deepest sea, there it shows in all its glory, every one of my sins and yours were thrown on him. Do you believe that? So that he cried out, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because every one of our sins right here in this room were being paid for. Tomorrow's too. And Tuesday. And when he cried out, it is paid for, it means justice has been done. Judgment has been rendered. Much more than that, that's half of the battle to get into heaven, forgiveness of sins. When you believe on Jesus Christ as your Savior, which is why his cross hangs there, his righteousness which is like the mighty mountains, is credited to your account. So over your name, if you're a believer already, is the righteousness of Christ. Not just he made it, but he's covered by the goodness and holiness of Jesus Christ. Do you rest in that? No wonder we worship. At the cross, where I first saw the light, in your light we see light. We see how to live. We see as best we can. We want to honor his goodness and his love, which reaches to the solar system and beyond. We want to do what's right, because his, not just because his righteousness is there and will correct us, but because we love him. Is that you? Kids, don't put this as a shelf every Sunday. This is life. Jesus Christ should live with us in combination every day of our lives as we trust him. Verse 10. Continue. Here's his response to all this as he prays. Continue, he says. Your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. God is love, and we need him. So he says, first, keep loving me. We might say that if some of you are married, uh, you know who you are. <laughs> we, we continue our love. Sometimes we just say, uh, we I'm faithful to my vows. You stay there. But with God, it's just saying, Can, keep loving me the way we just saw. David's standing out there. I believe he probably has tears in his eyes when he thinks, man, I've messed up so many times. 
Please continue your love. Your love reaches to the heavens. So God's going to do that. His righteousness is like the mighty mountains. So David's not afraid, even with Goliath or others. His justice is like the deep, like the deepest ocean, but justice happened at Calvary that took care of every one of David's sins. Whoa. So he says, please continue this. And one of the reasons we come on Sundays is not just so we try to get him to continue it, but it's just to thank him because he will. He will love you till your last day. Jesus will intercede for you, it says in Hebrews, until you die. Will you follow him until then? The psalmist, I think, backs up and probably goes back home that evening and just says, yeah, I looked at the sun today and I realized how much I need God's love. Verse 11, may the, may the foot of the proud not come against me. Protect me, Lord, please. Nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. See how the evildoers lie fallen. Thrown down, God will win. Not able to rise. The end of the book of Revelation, all you can say is, though you can't understand the mysteries of much of Revelation, you say, he wins. Jesus wins. At the end of life, I hope you're able to say to your grandchildren, or your children, or to your friends if you're single, you know, something grabbed me a long time ago. I can't quite explain it, but I'll tell you what. It's, it's the sinfulness in my heart. And the goodness of my God. And how much he loves me. This should grab us when we're in pain, when we're facing cancer, whatever our age, however we go at marriage or single life, this should grab us. I can't quite explain this. There's an oracle within my heart. I don't say it that way, but that's the way they trans... It's just something that's inside me. I'm not good on my own. But let me tell you about God. Let's pray. God, thank you for this description. In many ways, uh, a holy self-description of your love. Thank you. And thank you for Jesus Christ, who in the flesh modeled this perfectly. Never did a wrong thought. We worship him. Never said a wrong thing. We honor him. Took all our sins. We believe in him. As you pray in a quiet way, not out loud, just thank God for his love and his righteousness and his justice. And also that it was shown so clearly in his son, Jesus the Christ. If you're not even sure of being in combination with Jesus by faith in Christ, won't you ask God to help you 
know this can be true today and even make that move to believe and follow and obey Jesus as Savior and Lord. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your justice is like the mighty mountains. Everything, your righteousness is like those mountains. Your justice reaches to the deepest ocean. And in Jesus, we see how good you are. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.